Good morning and welcome everybody. You're listening to Faith FM 87.6, or 88 right across Australia, right across the Faith FM network, wherever you are. This is The Breakfast Show, positively different radio in the morning with Lyle and Mon. And of course, coming up on today's show, we have some uh, one of the most, uh, I guess, earth-shattering events as far as religious liberty goes that Australia has ever faced. Now, of course, you're listening to the delayed broadcast, so if this science sounds to be slightly out of date, then you understand why. But the ramifications of what is taking place in Canberra right now uh, is something that needs to be clearly understood by Christians and people of all faiths across this country. And so it is critically important you stay tuned as we work our way through the religious liberty debate taking place in Canberra. Of course, we now know that this will continue um, over the next few weeks as Parliament goes into recess for the Christmas break, which gives us the opportunity to actually do something. We're going to look at uh, what we actually can do in a very real and tangible way. But, of course, the reason that you're getting this late, as I mentioned, is because you're listening to the delayed broadcast Now, if you'd like to listen to the live show, and there's probably never been a more important time in Australian history to be listening to the live show, then this is how it is done. You simply go to faithfm.com.au, do that on your phone, do it on your tablet, do it on your computer, and press play. And then you simply run that through your um, through your car stereo with a Bluetooth, the aux cord, uh, the tape insert for those of us who have uh, ancient vehicles that still have a tape player. And you can listen to the live show there every day, no problem at all, or just run it through your headset, put it under your earmuffs if you're working in a, in a workshop, and you can listen to the live show there. Critically important that we listen to the live show at this particular time. Of course, the other way of doing that is with the TuneIn app. And if you get the free version of that, it's not so hard. Make sure you get the free version of the TuneIn app and then make Faith FM Australia one of your favorites and you can listen to it every day. But that's the the uh, how to listen to the live show right there. Of course, we're going to be talking about uh, unity in the church and forgiveness and the power of forgiveness, incredible power that there is in forgiveness. And we have a most unusual question of the day coming up. It's about baby jumping and you might be wondering well how do babies jump well actually it's not quite like that it's about uh, why do roman catholics jump over babies if you are wondering about that and if you are saying to yourself i've never heard of that i've never seen that then and you want to know why then of course you're going to have to stay with us right to the end of the show where we're going to answer that particular question right here on faith fm I come to the garden alone While the dew is still on the roses The voice I hear falling on mine ear The Son of God discloses And He walks with me And He talks with me And He tells me I am His own And the joy that we share as we tarry there Nobody else has ever known He speaks and the sound of His voice All the birds hush their singing And the melody 
that he gave to me is in my heart. Just a ring, a ring, a ring, a ring, a ring, and he walks with me, and he talks with me, and he tells me I am his own. And the joy that we share as we tarry there, nobody else has ever known. Here on Faith FM, and Mon has arrived in the studio. Well, <laughs> welcome to the show, Mon. Thanks, Lyle. Who would have thought it? <laughs> I'm very, very, so, very so, so sorry. glad to have you here. Yeah, I'm so, do you know what was the weirdest, weirdest experience? Driving to work, listening to you do the intro, knowing that I was supposed to be on there, <laughs> and thinking to myself, I got a whole section here to fill in without Mon. <laughs> I'm so sorry. So at, at my house, we have uh, the first thing I did when I moved in was I implemented a system so we could keep track of our car keys, and I have this little tiered copper cake stand, and it's become the key spot, and I violated the key rule. And yes. anytime someone violates the key rule, it's like it turns Disaster. into pandemonium. Where are my car keys? Anyway, <laughs> I'm very sorry. Anyway, Mon, uh, what is our first clue for the quiz today? Yes. Yeah, so uh, do you reckon we should do a hard one or an easy one? I feel like I've been doing some pretty hard ones lately. Yeah, yesterday was rather challenging. But somebody still got it. Yes, I think sometimes, uh, sometimes the hard true. ones inspire people. They inspire people to like... It was hard and it still got one. So do you know what? Gain I'm gonna, those bragging rights. I'm going to keep up the pretty hard ones, I think. So this one again is a is a who am I quiz. And the first clue is, I told the people of Israel that if I was in charge and they came to me with a complaint, I would see that they got justice. Okay. Any idea who that is? I was... Um, Multitasking, and I'm not good at multitasking. So. She weren't listening at all, were you? <laughs> I wasn't listening. No, I wasn't, <laughs> wasn't listening to a thing you were saying. I was like, ooh, that looks interesting. Maybe I should do a report <laughs> on that right there. You're so funny, Lyle. Lyle can't even look at his phone for a split second while he's talking and not lose track of what he was saying. <laughs> hey, I multitasked while you were while you were um, late this morning. Uh, did you now? I did. I did. did. You now? did, you I, do, I did. Did you tell the people about the weather? Yes. Yeah, that's right. I did. Yeah, I heard that. Uh huh. Yeah. Yes. How, you, how was how was your multitasking? You heard that on the radio. I heard the last little how, bit of it. This is not how the breakfast show is supposed to work. <laughs> You're not supposed to be listening to it's me doing. That's true. Well, look, Lyle. Who am I? I told the people of Israel that if I was in charge and they came to me with a complaint, oh, yes, I know who this is. I would say that they got justice. I feel like this could be. So- yeah, you got it correct. Yeah, Lyle's yep. written down yeah. the right answer. I feel like it could be several people though. 
It's true. It's yeah. th- several people could have made that claim. It's true, yeah. Quite a few, actually. Yeah, 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 especially when campaigning for their own cause. Anyway, give us a call if you know the answer. Our number, of course, is 1-800-FAITH-FM. It's 1-800-324-843. Or you can text the answer to 0491-064-669. Did you tell the people we're going on a cruise today, Lyle? I did. Oh, I'm so excited. Dolphin cruise today. I'm so excited. There's literally dolphins on the ticket. And there will be literally dolphins in the water. Really? I will guarantee, I will guarantee you will see dolphins today. I'm a little bit nervous I'm getting sunburned, so I wore a long sleeve shirt. There's this thing called sun cream. You and know. I'm also scared I'm going to get bored, so I bought my crochet. But if there's. But you do really know we get to go swimming, like with. Um, with this oh, we actually get to go swimming? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, I'm yeah. going to go home and pack my bathers. Yes, and sun cream. And. Mm, Mm, I'm not a huge fan of the stuff, but yeah, yeah well, fine, you fine. Know, considering... <laughs> I don't even know if I own any. <laughs> anyway. Considering oh. the colour of your skin right now, I would recommend sun cream. <laughs> okay, fine. Let me tell you some really cool good news, Lyle. Something coming out of Stockholm over in Sevidan. Uh This is really cool. So, you know how they used to, you know, the bus shelters, they used to have um, uh, on the side of the bus stops, they had the, the advertisements all the time. Mm-hmm. And then a little man would come along and he would roll down the poster and stick up a new one inside. And now technology's progressed. And so now it's like, a, uh, was it like an LCD screen and it flashes different advertisements at you while you wait at the bus stop. And all the cars driving past get, you know, this unwanted advertisement flashed in their eyes. So... In the Swedish capital, they're replacing their electronic advertisements uh, with digital notices that will direct homeless people to the nearest shelter or heating room. Oh, okay. And th- this is so cool, right? So it's, it's, they're using this new technology. Um, so it doesn't have to... Because they do have pretty br- brutal winters there. Oh, I mean, it's Europe. Come on now. Yeah. It's Europe. And uh, it's really cool technology. So the, the bus stop is actually installed with a sensor and it senses when the temperature has dropped below a certain level, like to a dangerous level. And at that point, it'll start shooting up these messages directing people to where they need to go. So it's like, you know, if it gets yep. dangerous. So, and that way people can still get their advertising revenue and blah, 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 blah. Um, but this is really cool. So it's so far it's proving to be pretty successful. Um, and so they're looking to get other cities to implement this, a similar strategy during like their very icy winter months. Definitely sounds like a life-saving device. Yeah, yeah. So it's, the, it's basically emergency notices um, you know, whenever it gets into dangerous, dangerously chilly territory, um, the city is taking extra care to broadcast these messages also in areas that has like high concentrations of homeless people. Um, so I'm also impressed that they have heating rooms. Okay. I've never heard of that. Yeah, how does that? Well, I mean, what is? It? I mean, I guess it's a bit like smoking rooms. You know how like smokers have these smoking rooms at like different airports, and in some countries they provide smoking rooms that people can go inside. Yeah, you don't even walk past the door. Yes, you can't even like it's ten meter radius. It stinks. Even if they have like the two doors to try and trap it, it still doesn't work. It still no, stinks. No, it doesn't work. It's just um, like the most vile thing ever. But anyway. Yeah, but I guess... It may, I'd rather them have that than just have uh, free range throughout the airport. That's true. Or f- free range anywhere, really. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I'm guessing these homeless rooms are rooms where... Uh, sorry, not homeless rooms. Heating rooms are rooms where people can go if they're cold, they need to warm up because they're feeling dangerously cold. Yeah, and hopefully yeah. stay there until the temperature rises to a uh, survivable level yeah yeah well i hope they're safe um let me tell you something else this is really cool maybe our gray nomads will be interested in hearing this although i did know someone who had arthritis when he was like in his late teens so researchers have developed a molecule that can finally stop arthritis from running down your joints really yeah this will be life-changing. Yeah, this is going to be huge. because a huge part of the Huge, world. huge. I like know so many people who suffer from arthritis. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Even, even just, you know, um, RSI, I think is in that vein as well. 
So, uh, so osteoarthritis, you know, for those who don't know, it's a disease that um, causes severe joint pain. Mm-hmm. Uh, affects about 20 million people in the US alone. Um, you have like some drug treatments that can help alleviate the pain, but there's no real treatments that can reverse or slow the, uh, the cartilage uh, breakdown associated with the disease, which is scary. You know, any kind of disease or, 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 or condition that can't be stopped or, or helped really to, to be cured is, um, is, is frightening. Um, but they've, uh, they've found something that's made an advance to improve the treatment options available for osteoarthritis. And so MIT uh, engineers have designed a new material that can administer drugs directly to the cartilage. Oh, okay. Yeah. So the material can penetrate deep into the cartilage and deliver drugs um, that could potentially heal the damaged tissue. So this way, it's uh, Paula Hammond. She's the head of the MIT's Department of Chemical Engineering. And, uh, and she said, this is a way to get directly to the cells that are experiencing the damage and introduce different kinds of therapeutics that might change their behavior, which is quite interesting because I've always thought, you know, when you take any kind of meds, how does the medicine know which cells to go and like, you know, beat up or yeah exactly yeah yeah it's like you have to affect all the cells and everyone gets like a watered down experience but if this can really target exactly where it's happening like that's phenomenal like Mm -hmm. you must have such a much more higher concentrated effort um focused on those cells so this is yeah this is really cool uh the scalpel versus the shotgun that's, yeah, yeah, exactly. So it's a, it's an insulin-like growth factor. Um, sorry, it's, it's, it's an experimental drug called insulin-like growth factor one. So the uh, the the um, acronym is IGF one, and uh, and with the new material, um, it, it sort of it prevented the breakdown cartilage much more effectively than just injecting the drug into the joint on its own. So apparently, you can get injections straight into your joint, and this is, this is not nearly as effective. Sorry, the, the injection is not nearly as effective as this is IGF one. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm really excited about this because you know, younger and younger people are getting arthritis these days. It's one of those diseases that's catching up um, to our younger generations, which is really quite frightening. I knew a guy who had um, arthritis, and like I have my own opinions about where arthritis comes from. Um, mostly involving dairy and dehydration. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, and and he he was a young guy who actually grew up on a dairy farm, eating lots and lots of dairy every day, mm. and uh, and he ended up with all kinds of back problems, bone problems, or. Th- um, arthritis and it wasn't until he moved away that things started to heal for him and his two sisters were also plagued with all kinds of bone issues teething issues just and depression as well so i don't know maybe have a think about that as well this is this is mon's conspiracy theory for the day <laughs> it's not a conspiracy. if you have some it's anecdotal legit. reports that you'd like to share in relationship to arthritis you know what our number is yeah 1-800-324-843 give us a call i have a good friend um who we've interviewed here uh, on here before karen walters she's um a, a nurse and uh and she was running a health retreat for many years a health wellness center and she has a really cool uh thing that she does just using hot and cold water hot and cold treatment where she you know fills the sink with cold water and then a bucket with hot water and then she transfers her hand hands um, from one to the other and times them. I think it's like, you know, uh, one minute in the cold and then 30 seconds in the hot or something like that. And it gives her a huge pain relief. So, And it's just using just water. It doesn't have to do any kind of a pill or drug. Just phenomenal what you can use, um, you know, right in your house. So, yeah, if you have any good tips on how to deal with arthritis or maybe just the pain of arthritis, definitely give us a call. 1-800-FAITH-FM is our number. 1-800-324-843. We'd love to hear what you have to share. Once I stood in the night 
with my head bowed low in the darkness as black as could be and my heart felt alone and I cried oh Lord don't hide your face from me hold my hand all the back guys that was bj thomas where no one stands alone here on faith fm let's have another clue for the quiz there mon yes indeed who am i clue number two after i had my brother killed two years passed before i could see the face of the king a rather brutal individual this one yeah i mean for killing your brother nice person is that the only like punishment he got was to not be able to see the king for two years for murdering his brother yeah, well, it was the only punishment that the king meted out, but it's not the only punishment that he got. Good. That's a bit of a Who kills their brother? Clue. Right it's there. horrid. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay, so in the news today, of course, the big issue is religious liberty here in Australia. Yes. And uh, religious liberty, for the second time this week, we skipped a bullet. Mm-hmm, we did. Um, which is just absolutely remarkable. And so just to fill you in, um, if you've been missing what has been taking place, uh, a few months ago it was revealed that it was possible for schools to discriminate against um, 
um, LGBT students uh, based on their orientation by expelling them from school. I mean, it's possible for them to do it, but nobody Nobody's ever, ever has. done it. It's a red herring, has. complete red herring. And, and we're going to bring up this issue a, a number of times. Is th- This is just, um, you know, people just trying to, to, to create a storm where there is no storm. But, hey, um, the decision was made to do something about it. Scott Morrison promised that he would solve the issue before the end of the year. On Monday, Senator Penny Wong brought legislation to the Senate um, to remove this discrimination, but to also remove the ability for schools to be able to preach their uh, religious distinctives. Mm-hmm. And um, that was set to go through, except for uh, um, two Centre Alliance crossbenchers, Senator Griff and Senator Patrick, who stood up and were counted and stood in the breach and said, no, we need to have a discussion on this. We need to look into this further because, you know, once this goes through, then the ramifications are just enormous. Um, And so that was then blocked on Monday. It was expected that it would not then come back until the new year. Well, of course, everything changed on Tuesday when it was rescheduled to again be voted on yesterday. Um, and once again, the uh, the government and Labor came to an impasse. Um, just to quote an, an Australian Associated Press report this morning, Labor objects to the government's inclusion of a clause allowing schools to teach in accordance with their religious beliefs. Wow. So that's a rather clear statement that yeah. – um, and, and this is where the impasse was. Mm-hmm. So basically, Liberal wanted to be wanted schools to be able to teach in accordance with their religious beliefs. Good. And Labor did not want schools to be able to teach in accordance with their religious beliefs. This is, this is where the central issue really, really is. Yeah, this reminds me of um, the thing they did in New Zealand, you know, way back in the 18th century, whenever it was their first landed there, where they – had this treaty that they were, you know, um, presenting to the to the Maori people and asking them to sign, and uh, and didn't tell them that in the in the fine print it basically meant they were handing over all their land. It's like you know they, they present one thing, oh, you know, LGBT people are being discriminated against, and then in the fine print, oh, P.S. We didn't mention you're not going to have the Ten Commandments, you're not going to be able to do this, you're not going to, going to veto everything you say in regards to God and the Bible, like. Yeah, it's it's so anyway, sneaky. Liberal came back with a counter proposal, mm-hmm. which removed the discrimination uh, against LGBT students. Um, you know, so you know they couldn't be expelled and those kind of things, which was which was what the original aim of both sides was. Yeah, um, and said, okay, Labor, you can you, you know you can, you can you, we can achieve this today. Um, but Labor just stood firm and said no because it, uh, it it did not go far enough in their mind. And we've got Mark Steden coming on the show, lawyer. Um, with an interview that I recorded yesterday, later in the show, and he's going to give more detail on how that the liberal, um, the liberal legislation doesn't go far enough to protect schools either. Mm-hmm. So either side of this, we are losing religious liberty. It's just how much religious liberty we lose. I see. This is the this is the problem that we're facing right now. Um, so you know, Senator Keneally has come back and said, you know, my door's open. We've got one more day. Of course, that is uh, today. Um, if the PM wants to discuss it, she's happy to discuss it. But you know, obviously, they're not going to budge um, on allowing uh, schools to teach in accordance with their religious beliefs. So this is some pretty serious stuff that is happening. I just wonder that even though we're being given more time, are we actually making the best use of the time? I don't see okay, anyone so this campaigning. Is the, this is I don't see anyone bringing this to the hilt. You it's know. hardly even in the news. It's, yeah, exactly. 
It's like almost like, know, what's the point of like, having more time? Like, I, haven't, using that time? I haven't, I haven't heard, I haven't heard the you know religious people standing up about it. I haven't yeah. heard, you know, we should have churches right across the country from one side to the other who are. Do you think it's because they're scared this? that if they stand up against this, they'll immediately be labelled as people who are trying to expel? Um, LGBTQ students from schools? This is a very, very emotional issue in Australia right now. Um, and we've talked about this be- before where you have, you know, businesses and, and, and so forth that have just simply said, hey, um, you know, this is, this, is, this is our personal belief. Mm. We, we have a personal belief in that we don't agree with same-sex marriage. They've, they've, they have a personal belief with 40% of the population of Australia. And they have been bullied and driven out of business, and so now you've got you know governments um, and uh, th- that are scared of this issue. But particularly, I think the churches are terrified. They're terrified of coming across as being discriminatory or unloving. And I feel like that's been their aim all along: is to terrify people so much with all like the the the. the the lashbacks that they've had that now when something big is going through, no one stands up against it. And even it's interesting to, to see that there are a lot of Christian schools who are not standing up against this. You know, they're about to have their ability to be able to teach um, their, you know, their ability their, to be their, a their Christian school. Yeah, to be a Christian school, to teach that something as basic as the Ten Commandments taken away. And they're not saying anything about it. So somebody needs to stand up and somebody needs to stand um, up for religious liberty, and congratulations to Senator Griff and Senator Patrick for doing that on Monday. Mm. That was a bold and a gutsy move, and uh, it it saved Australia on Monday. Um, and then again yesterday. But uh, what does the future hold? Yeah. What will happen today? What will happen in the new year? What will happen when the federal election takes place? These are questions that we need to ask. And it's time we stood up and actually did something about this and got, got in contact with our politicians and, and uh, started to make our, our thoughts known. And also with our church, uh, our church um, parties, uh, you know, the, the our churches Our churches need to stand up. Our, yeah. Uh, from, the structures from a, that we have for, to, to defend the religious liberty. Every church need, should have need, a religious Needs to stand department. up and be able to rally their churches together <laughs> to actually do something tangible about what is going on rather than, you know, sitting back and wringing our hands. Yeah, yeah. Uh, because, yeah, so this, is, this is an area in which uh, Christians have played a major role in protecting the rights of minorities and particularly minorities of other religions. Uh, and this is the important thing. We're not just standing up for Christian religious liberty. This is not a Christian religious liberty. This is religious liberty. Mm, yeah, exactly. And I will fight for the rights of any religion, whatever it is, no matter how much I disagree with the theology of that religion, I will fight for their rights to exist and for them to be able to worship in a way that is according to their conscience mm-hmm. You know, all day long because that is the basic principle of the great controversy between Christ and Satan is freedom of religion. It is freedom of religion that creates love. You know, without freedom, there is no such thing as love. Yeah, absolutely. People need to be able to live to their conscience. It just seems so fundamental, and yet here we are attacking it. Yeah, so we've got more coming up. We've got uh, prominent lawyer Mark Stedden coming up to talk about that in just a moment um, with our special interview this morning. However, before we go to our next song break, I did want to mention the, mention the, the 7.5 earthquake that just hit yeah, off Newcal. Mm-hmm. Um, now, this was a fairly shallow earthquake, 320 kilometres from the capital. So far, there's been no reports of major damage, um, but there's also been no reports that have come in from the outlying islands. And I guess the one advantage to this part of the world is that you don't have as many of the skyscrapers and you know big buildings mm-hmm. that we have in places like, say, New Zealand and so forth that are very prone to 
earthquake damage. Um, and then, of course, it's been hit with um, a number of aftershocks, shock, up to five aftershocks, uh, which registered five, six, and 6.6. It's interesting when a 6.6 is registered as an aftershock. You know, we had a 6.6 in Indonesia the other day that killed, what, 1,500 people yeah, or something? Yeah, right? and now it's an aftershock. <laughs> Things are getting worse. This is uh, quite remarkable. And I've been, I've been highlighting this all year, yeah. the number of earthquakes that have been smashing our world. And it feels like another day on the earthquake. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's yeah, right. Yeah. Of course, um, you know, just wake up this morning, here's my friend from Chile who's talking about, yeah, we had an earthquake last night. It felt like about a six. Um, so I Googled it and uh, it was um, a 5.5, 5, um, but one of six that they've had in seven days. No wonder he can gauge what it is. Yeah, that's right. It's like, yeah, pretty good. we get pretty good at this. Um, I can feel what it feels like underneath my feet. Just, you know, Definitely a sign of the time. I've stayed in these people's um, um, home and uh, they pointed out, you know, furniture that, that fell over in previous earthquakes and so forth. It was uh, quite interesting. Chile's a, a spectacular country and... Uh, beautiful part of the world to live. But anyway, so those are the uh, the stories, the major stories that are hitting the news this morning. This is Katie Gustafson. Stay tuned.
Guys, that was Katie Gustafson with Depth of Mercy here on Faith FM. Well, in this religious liberty uh, subject that we've been talking about all morning, yesterday I had the opportunity to interview Mark Snedden um, from the Institute for Civil Society. Um, Mark was this guy is no lightweight lawyer. He was formerly an associate professor of law at the University of Melbourne Law School and a senior lecturer at Monash University Law School in constitutional law, banking, financial services, e-business, and communications law. He also taught at Osgood Hall Law School. Uh, in Canada, and Loyola Law School in the United States. He was a partner at the Clayton UTZ in Melbourne for nearly 12 years. Um, and his list goes on and on and on. In uh, uh, 2016, he completed four and a half years as Crown Counsel uh, advising to the Victorian Attorney General and Office of the Premier. So Mark is is no lightweight, and he is here to give us um, some perspective on what is taking place in Canberra. Bear in mind that this interview Mark, welcome was- to the show. Good morning, Lyle. Thank you for having me on. Now, Mark, um, it's it's important for us to get a, a, a legal perspective on this from a, a lawyer such as yourself. Uh, I'm I'm just wondering whether you can give us a bit of a bit more background um, as to or, or your perspective of the background as to what's actually happened over the last few days and what's about to take place today. Uh, sure, Lyle. I'll, I'll do my best. It's moving very fast, but uh, in essence, what's what we ha- we've had the the Ruddock Review, which recommended uh, not changing the exemptions in the Sex Discrimination Act that protect religious schools and religious institutions from discrimination. They were leaked recommendations. We still don't have the full report. Why don't we um, have that report? Why are they holding on to it? I have no idea. Um, <laughs> I have no idea. The government should have released it with its own response months ago. And how can, how can I, we even have this debate without having the Ruddock Report? It makes no sense to me, and what I have said in uh, in you know, public documents and, and writing to our supporters and others is we need to defer this debate, have a proper debate with the uh, Ruddock recommendations released. I'm not saying, you know, everyone has to agree with them, but at least have it out there. This was an inquiry that took 16,000 submissions from all over Australia. Uh, it, it thought about it for five months. It put its recommendations out. They might be great. They might be not so great, but at least they've thought about it and they've got, you know, pages and pages of, of thinking behind it. Why can't we see before we make these rush judgments. And we've spent the so money to do it. Why don't we use it? Co- correct, correct. So what's happened since then is the recommendations were leaked and then there was, seems to be a bit of an orchestrated storm in the media saying this is appalling. Even though Ruddick has said we should keep these exemptions, we can't have gay students being discriminated against uh, by being expelled. And the Prime Minister agreed with that and, and I agree with that. I don't think any... We all agree with that. We, every, we all agree with that. The problem is that it has been carefully stretched and stretched and stretched in the media by repetition to say, well, although the Prime Minister said we can't have gay students being discriminated against by being expelled, it's now moved on to we can't have gay students being discriminated against, or indeed, you know, um, any students on the basis of relationship status or gender identity. Now, the problem with that broader proposition of no discrimination is this. Discrimination is defined really broadly to mean denial of any benefit or imposition of any detriment. So okay. if you say to a school, don't go imposing a detriment or deny a benefit to a student, um, you think about the millions of ways that can happen. So let me give you an example. Nobody thinks that gay students should be expelled simply for being gay. Completely sure. agree with that. Yeah. But 
we have it. Let's say we have a sexually active student, and, and, and I should ha- I should I should add, no yeah. school has ever done that that I've ever heard of. I know of no case where that has happened. So well, the parliament is 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 <laughs> getting itself into knots to deal with a hypothetical. But yeah, you know, uh, and you can guarantee if a school did that somewhere, it would hit the news big time. Yeah, correct, correct. So so that doesn't happen. And I think even the Labor Senator Jacinta Collins said in the Parliament on Monday, we know that all religious schools have the best interests of their students at heart. So they're not going to expel students for being gay. But the problem is, as I say, that it, it, discrimination is much broader than that. So if, if a school, let's say a conservative, Catholic, Muslim or Jewish school says to a student, we have the view that sex should be between a man and a woman in marriage and not outside marriage, um, you know, that's thousands of years of doctrine there for all those three religions. The Seventh um, Commandment. And so, yeah, exactly, exactly. And and a student says, well, I want, uh, like every other student, I want the right to put up posters on the on the student bulletin board or to have a club. And my club or my poster is going to be about the advantages of having a freewheeling sex life, straight or gay, it doesn't matter. Uh, and, and then the school says, no, you can't do that. Well, that's denying the student a benefit mm-hmm. or imposing a detriment. That's discrimination. And what, what will happen if we remove these exemptions is that the student can bring an anti-discrimination complaint against the school and we're off to the Anti-Discrimination Commission and the Federal Court on a matter of essentially uh, you know, discipline, conduct discipline in a religious school upholding its religious values and ethos. That's the problem with this bill. It's too broad. Sure. Now, if we go to any detriment, um, let me ask this question. Can a student feel that there is a detriment that has been made to them if they're, say, sitting in a class and the and the teacher in that class says that, you know, I believe that or the Bible teaches that, you know, practicing homosexual, um, homosexual uh, homosexuality is wrong or even practicing an adulterous lifestyle is wrong? Can a student feel that a detriment has been made to them when a teacher says that in class? Yes, uh, you could certainly get a complaint on that basis and it'd have to be tested out, but there have been people who've brought complaints on that basis. I mean, when in, in, the, in um, Queensland, when the CEO of Corinity, the Baptist charity, put out a letter during the uh, same-sex marriage postal vote saying, look, we respect all people who work for us, but the position of us as a Christian organisation is we're in favour of man-woman marriage. Um, they, Corinity was taken to, uh, to the tribunal by... Uh, same-sex psychologist who worked for Corinity saying, I have been discriminated against simply because I've been made uncomfortable because the organisation stated a view uh, which is, you know, not agreeing with my sexuality. So, yes, that sort of thing could become a discrimination complaint based on teaching. Simply on the content of the teaching. So, if we if we really work this work this through, then you know where the Bible says thou shalt not commit adultery, um, that could be seen as a detriment to somebody who believes in committing adultery, and uh, and you know Ten Commandments, foundation of Christianity, right there out the window. Yeah, correct. And Lyle, if I may just broaden this out, while I hope that adultery won't be a big issue for teenage school students because they won't be married, um, this bill, as as proposed by the ALP, actually also extends to adult religious education. So if you're at the Australian Catholic University or you're in a theological college or you're in some sort of religious training institute like Salvation Army Training College or somewhere like that as an adult and you're learning how to be a chaplain or you know a missionary or a youth worker or something like that, this bill applies there as well. What about Sundays? Sorry, go ahead. Well, and, and, yeah, and so, so that's it. So adult education institutions. And then secondly... Uh, this bill, as drafted by Labor, applies to what happens in religious 
bodies, so churches, temples, mosques, any education act or practice of those religious bodies. So that's Sunday school. It's probably sermons, if sermons are seen as a teaching and education activity, which in my church they are. Yeah, I mean, um, I preach and, and, and I intend to educate people whenever I preach. Correct. So so this is reaching into those things as well. So this, this bill is appallingly overbroad and is perhaps one of the most intrusive attacks on religious freedom that we have ever seen in this country. Do you think that Penny Wong is actually intentionally, uh, in, in your opinion, being um, overbroad in this in this case? Oh, uh, look, I, I can't read Penny Wong's mind. I'm, I, I'm I'm willing to give them the benefit of the doubt. I think they're on about students, and they haven't taken account of the fact that their, their amendments are actually going to touch churches, temples, mosques, and all adult education institutions. But it has been pointed out to them, and. Well, they've had a, they're having a party room meeting now, so we'll see if, if when they come out of that party room meeting, they're willing to bend on the bill. Um, if they're not, then I think they've been told that that's the effect. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, there's, as you know, Lyle, there's a current negotiation going on. The government has proposed some amendments to deal with some of the problems that I've raised, yes. but not all of them. Yes, let's move on to that. Uh, let's talk about the government amendments. Yeah, sure. Okay, so the government amendments are going to, first of all, deal with the issue about extending this to religious bodies, that is, what happens in churches, temples, mosques, etc. So they're going to get rid of that problem, so that would be a good amendment to put through. Mm -hmm. The government amendments still leave the issues for schools and adult religious education institutions. Uh, What they do there are two improving things. One is they say that uh, nothing in the Act will make it unlawful for the school or adult education institution to teach in accordance with the tenets of the faith. So that deals with the issue you raised about, you know, we're teaching that adultery is wrong, for instance. Mm -hmm. That won't be discrimination. But it leaves open this gap. Uh, The example I use, where the the student decides that they want to open a club or put up a poster or something like that advocating for sex outside marriage or something, that's not a teaching issue. That's a conduct and discipline issue. And the government uh, amendments don't, fully deal with that issue. They deal with teaching, but not stuff that happens in schools or education institutions outside the teaching classroom context. So there are still some gaps there. Um, The government amendments are vastly better than the Labor bill, without a doubt, Mm -hmm. but they're still going to leave uh, schools and adult education institutions exposed to more claims of discrimination uh, and more assessment of the reasonableness of what they teach and do by secular discrimination tribunals and secular courts. It gives you the feeling that our religious liberty here in Australia is very, very thin when it is based on uh, a couple of amendments found within a bill somewhere rather than on, say, inalienable rights that you might have in the United States or somewhere like that. Yeah, spot on. So what the hope for was, I think, uh, coming out of Ruddock was that we would have a positive right, uh, that the religious people have a positive right to express and manifest their religion, including in their own uh, religious institutions and in the schools for their own children. It is, after all, an international human right that parents can have their children educated in accordance with the moral and religious uh, values of the home. That is nowhere reflected in Australian law. The only place that it's reflected that, that religious uh, freedom gets uh, gets a Guernsey in Australian law, uh, apart from a provision of the Constitution, which I'll mention in a minute, mm-hmm. the only place where it gets a Guernsey is in these exemptions to the Anti-Discrimination Act. And there, it's it's almost like a balancing carve-out to someone else's right. Yep. So you, you can't discriminate against someone on the grounds of gender or gender identity or sexual orientation. And I, I agree with that as a general proposition. I have no problem about that. Sure. But because of the breadth of the language, you have to have all these balancing provisions. Say, well, we actually didn't mean in a religious school, or when we say we, you can't discriminate against someone on the grounds of pregnancy, we actually don't mean in the case of, you know, rides at, uh, at amusement parks where, where you're going to be jolted around and it's going to be dangerous for the fetus. 
Mm. So you have to have all of these exceptions to make it work in the real world because you start with a really broad proposition. So these religion exemptions are some of those balancing provisions that make these things work in the real world. But that's the only place where religious freedom is protected. There is a provision in our constitution which says... Yeah, so, so section 116, let me ask you about that one. Yeah, okay. So 116 says uh, the Commonwealth government, not this doesn't apply to the states or the territories, the Commonwealth government can't establish a religion or prohibit the free exercise of religion. But the High Court has read that free exercise very narrowly, much more narrowly than the United States, to basically say, well, that means you can go and, you know, you can go to your church or your mosque or your temple and worship there and pray. Um, they, they still did, they still allowed the disbanding of the Jehovah's Witnesses during the Second World War um, when they were... Um, agitating for against conscription mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and i said well that you know even though that was done on the basis of religious conviction sorry <laughs> you're banned yep. and they said that you know so so the high court has given a very narrow reading to the free exercise guarantee in the constitution so the, yeah so in, in many ways it's, it almost becomes uh, a little bit worthless I, I mean in my opinion i see what's happening today is the greatest potential attack on religious liberty we've had in australia since federation would you agree with that I, I would agree with that, and uh, if your listeners are concerned, I would uh, I would be encouraging them to ring their senators um, and their lower house members to say, please preserve religious freedom of all religious schools, adult education institutions, and of uh, of churches and mosques and temples and other places of worship. And how much time uh, do we have to make those phone calls? I think the vote's on at twelve thirty today. Okay, so you basically need to be jumping on the phone with your uh, with your pollies right now. That's right. And then, well, even after that, that's through the Senate. If, if it gets through the Senate, it's got to go to the House. It'll arrive in the House sometime this afternoon, be debated either this afternoon or tomorrow. So you can also get onto your lower House members, your members of the House of Representatives. Yep, yep. Excellent. Now, um, the, the next question, I guess, that goes through my mind is if after the party room meeting today, you know, Labor is standing by their uh, position of getting rid of all of these exemptions, the government uh, exemptions do go through and we have a change of government in a few months' time. Where do we stand then? Um, well, that's a very good question. Uh, so the Labor Party policy has been to remove exemptions for religious bodies. Um, but, you know, that's, that's now fluid. They're sitting there thinking about what to do in their party room meeting at the moment. I suppose the hope is that if Labor gets to a point where it um, agrees with the government amendments and there's some sort of a deal done today that they'll leave that alone if they come to government next year. But there are no guarantees of that. Uh, and within the Labor Party, you have, like within all political parties, different groups. So you'll have some very strong voices in favour of no discrimination at all by anyone under any circumstances against uh, people on the grounds of their sexual orientation, sexual relationship status or gender identity. I mean, gender identity is a big sleeper in all of this. So that'll come back again. Um, so, yes, this might be a temporary pause in the war, but I don't think it's going to stop, particularly if we get an ALP government. Okay, so we uh, yeah definitely facing some uh, serious times as far as religious liberty goes um, today and in the very near future. Mark Sneddon, thank you so much for joining us today. Well, thanks for your time. Much appreciated. That was Mark Sneddon, uh, lawyer and executive director of the Institute for Civil Society, and uh, joining us today here on Faith FM for a special report on what is taking place in Parliament today. You're listening to Faith FM. Oh, freedom, oh, freedom over me And before 
I'd be a slave I'd be buried in my grave And go home to my Lord and be free No more weeping No more weeping No more weeping over me And before I'd be a slave I'd be buried in my grave And go home to my Lord and be free There will be singing, singing. There will be singing, singing. There will be singing over me And before I'd be a slave I'd be buried in my grave Long-term hurt, unresolved conflict. You know, it can be dealt with. If you want to break the cycle and start living a more forgiving life, Forgive to Live is a program designed to help us all improve our lives and be more forgiving. Don't let it eat away at you anymore. If you're keen to discover the power of forgiveness, why don't you take that first step and head to forgivetolive.org.au. If what God has already done isn't enough for you, nothing's going to be enough for you. Because it's meant to be real. And real life stories have baggage. We know that Peter's a loose cannon. It's all about context. And he chose different personalities to express that because his personality is infinite. If it's a love song written to us, when we're at our lowest points, we've got backup. Like a lot of the rational arguments for the existence of God, they tend to work better after you believe. Hi, this is Luke from oztabletalk.com.au. Please join myself and some of my closest friends as we explore our faith through conversation, Bible study, interviews, and more. You can find us online at oztabletalk.com.au. That's oz as in Australia, A-U-S, tabletalk.com.au. Looking forward to seeing you there. Bye. I'm so glad that's recorded because I want to write that down. Yeah. (laughs) Someone called it the care package there. (laughs) Wow. to Faith FM, positively different radio.
Oh 